0: Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you with tools to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, and today we're talking about child development with Leonor Sepchik. Leonor is an award-winning social entrepreneur, CEO, and mentor. Leonor's first part of her career was spent in the private sector, in several senior managerial roles and running her own consultancy. In 1994, Leonore decided to volunteer to work with children and women who were victims of the war in the Balkans. Coming back to London, Leonore started working with UK NGO Fields in Trust and then for Index on Censorship before becoming the first CEO of the Galapagos Conservation Trust. Her next CEO role was as Chief Executive of Medical Research Institute, RAFT. And during her time at RAFT, Leonor created a life science company, Smart Matrix Limited, and was its CEO for five years while concurrently serving as CEO of RAFT. In June 2018, Lenore took up her fourth CEO role as chief executive of Montessori Group, which boasts many things, including a large network providing resources galore for parents and caregivers. And I'm delighted to have her here with her wealth of experience in life as well as in child development. So, welcome to the shore, Lenore.
1: Well, thank you. I, I'm really glad to be here. It's, uh, it's a delight. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, before
0: we get started, can you share with our listeners just a little bit about your current role um, with the Montessori Group and w- how you um, are working with the Montessori Group um, to just to advance things that you're passionate about, children and parents?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so what's re- it's really interesting. We had a board meeting t- this morning and mm. um, we talked about our activities for, for next year. And one of my uh, board members, who has been a Montessorian for 30 years, actually said, we are doing absolutely what Maria Montessori would have wanted us to do. We are, mm. we are where she started, which is all about social impact. It's all about helping... Um, those most disadvantaged helping children really fulfill their potential and Mm. we do that in a variety of ways we do that by both promoting Montessori but also by um, having a teacher training college by doing other training courses through quality assurance you've talked about the free resources for for families Um, Uh, talking to government Um, we do it in a whole variety of way running independent sort of projects but also projects with collaborators such as the Jane Goodall Institute Mm. so what everything we do has a social impact at heart and um, we do a whole range of activities and also um, consultancy and um, really just try and get The message out there that this is really important, that um, early years is really important. Child development is really important. And we need to, as a society, as governments, as policymakers, invest much more in supporting our youngest children.
0: Yeah. Mm, Wonderful. So for our listeners, um, who are mainly parents, I or caregivers, can you just explain? I know not all of them are familiar with the Montessori method, but can you just um, give us some brief highlights about Maria Montessori's, um, her desire, and then the yeah. mission of Montessori around the world?
1: Sure, well, I mean, Maria Montessori was a doctor, um, and that's really important because it means that everything that she developed was actually based on scientific observation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting that um, modern science with MRIs and neuroscience and and the technology that we have, we now see that the things that she talked about in terms of child development are actually absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Um, So what she and, and what's interesting is that in many parts of the world, many um, schools um, have actually adopted Montessori without realizing it's Montessori because Mm -hmm. the principles are very um, common sense they're very simple and it's really about what we call being child-centered that means um, you know looking at each child as an individual Mm -hmm. looking at each child as um, a, a unique human being and supporting that child to become Um, To to achieve its full potential. Mm. And we do that by giving the child the freedom to choose what to do within a framework. We talk about freedom within a framework. It's not just a free-for-all. Children Mm -hmm. don't just run around doing, you know, there is a framework. That framework uh, provides stability. It provides um, safety for the child. But within that framework, a child can Um, choose what activities it wants to do Um, and then when it's and how long it wants to do the activities for and when that child has then finished those activities it puts that it puts the activity back where it belongs where it was before and that's really important because that teaches respect that teaches an understanding that everything has its place Um, it creates a a, again it creates that you know children do like routines it creates a routine Mm -hmm. Um, and What um, we've seen is, you know, children learn far better because they're able to um, take the time they need to take to do an activity. So I'll give you an example. You know, if we have a maths activity, there may be a child that does it in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there may be a child that takes two hours. Mm -hmm. And if you sort of say to a child that is going to get it in 10 minutes, no, 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 you have to do an hour of maths. That child is going to be bored for 50 minutes. And, and that child's going to act out. Whilst a child that, you know, it may take two hours to do the maths activity, if you say after an hour, that's it, that's the end of it, they won't have learnt it. And then they, they feel that, oh, I'm not good at maths, so it's not something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just that, that you know, we haven't given that child the, the time mm-hmm. to actually work out the problem for themselves. So it's very much around sort of look observing the child. What Montessori believed was that education is a pyramid. It's the child, the school, and the parent or the family, mm. and therefore all the Montessori activities are things that actually can be replicated at home, um, in the family home. So mm-hmm. it's all very, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to have all the materials at the home. It could be something as simple as, why not um, put your children's toys or activities on a shelf where they can reach it Mm. and take it down for themselves. Um, You know, uh, sort of encourage your your child to take part in doing things around the house, you Mm -hmm. know, setting the table, dressing themselves, washing their own hands. You have to give them a bit more time, but that actually encourages the child to become independent, they grow in self-esteem, it helps with motor skills. So even very simple activities that can be done within the home, are actually helping
0: that child develop wow well thanks for, for um, laying that out i I really appreciate um, the Montessori principles um, and in looking at children as worthy beings and um, being able to um, accomplish things just mm-hmm. based on um, who they are but I like I, I love how you so eloquently um, depicted it, right? There's um, freedom within a framework. Mm -hmm. And I think that for our listeners, especially for parents and caregivers, um, you know, child development is really important. um, And yet sometimes we focus on the framework um, and getting tasks done more than um, the child's ability or the way in which um, they best can achieve getting the task done so can you talk to us a little bit about um a little bit about how parents can cultivate that and how um and how that and and why you see like through research that that freedom within a framework is um important for early childhood development
1: yeah um i think what happens is that um and I think this has grown over the the, the, the decades. Um, as parents, um, we've become a little bit afraid of trusting our children to do things. Mm. Um, and it's quite interesting. One of the things that often we get sort of you know have parents who, who who come to look at a Montessori classroom and are you know have no had no exposure to it before. They'll go, Oh my God, you've got glass and you've got scissors and you've got knives and forks. Um, and and the sort of fear that somehow because those things are in a classroom, a child is going to hurt themselves. Um, and that's not the case. You know, it's not the case because, you know, children... Have been using scissors and glasses and knives and forks in Montessori classrooms for a hundred years. You know, if they'd all been sort of dying, we would have known about it. You know, so <laughs> that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think I think we have to learn to trust the chi- the child. Um, we have to, um, you know, uh, and that's where the where the framework's important. You give it a framework, and you trust the child, and that can be quite scary for parents. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate that. So so part of the work that we do is is about helping. Um, parents do activities that help build that trust. So that's, it, you know, that's part of it. I think it's really important for children because they learn that independence, they learn creativity, they learn how to solve problems for themselves. And these are all the skills that we're going to need um, for the future. In the digital age, and this isn't just me, you know, World Bank, OECD, McKinsey's, all sorts of people have said, that the digital future means that the, the workforce of the future are going to need the skills of these soft emotional skills um, mm. that sometimes we talk, you know, about them as if they're, they're not important. But these social-emotional learning are the skill set that, that children today are going to need when they're adults. So mm-hmm. it's a really important sort of sk- set of skills for, for children to learn. And, and Montessori is really good at that because we give the, ch- the child the, the freedom to fail, Mm. Um, We give the child the freedom to do something in a different way. And that's about, you know, sort of sparking creativity. Um, And I'll I'll give you an example of of something, how it really hit home for me. So when I first became CEO, I, um, well, in fact, before I joined, I I went to visit some nurseries um, Mm -hmm. because um, I I wasn't a Montessorian and I wanted to learn more about it and I wanted Mm -hmm. to understand. And I was in a nursery and um, uh, in Montessori, the children take their own coats off and they hang them up on a peg. And there was a little boy who was too short to hang his coat up on the peg. Mm-hmm. And my instinct was to go and help or take the coat. And, and, and the teacher said, no, no, wait. And so I waited and she was next to me. And that child went off, um, found a wooden box. Brought the wooden box, put it down, climbed on it, put the coat on the peg, and was so pleased with himself. Hmm. He was—you could just see this child was beaming because he had actually solved the problem for himself, and he'd been quite creative about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he—but he'd solved the problem for himself, and that—that sh- that was just a sort of tiny example of how you know you can develop these sort of um, self-confidence that ability to think sort of differently um in in a way that is actually quite a simple way
0: Mm, you also have
1: motor skills by the way because you learn to pick up the box put it down you know so 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 it's a sort of a whole thing that that goes with with learning that from a very simple action and i think that that's one of the things that montessori is particularly strong on
0: yeah i think as a parent myself sometimes i Mm. can get in um in this race of feeling like my children need to get these test scores or they need to do this or that to be on par with their peers. And yet, um, I know that it can be it can be not only wonderful, right, they can be, children are so pleased with themselves when they're able to figure it out. But it takes a lot of patience for a parent. And I, it does, it does. (laughs) And I think,
1: I mean, I agree. It does, it does take a lot of patience. And I think that, go ahead. Well, but, but, you know, there are things that can be done to help. So for example, one, again, one of the, the pushbacks we get from parents is, yes, but we don't, you know, we're trying to get the children out to go to school and we haven't got time to wait for them to you know do their own shoelaces up or or you know do their own coat up or something so you know within the Montessori classroom we actually have little frames with zips and zippers and buttons and hooks and laces and stuff so you know and that's that's something that you can make into a game you Mm. know so Mm -hmm. you can sort of get your child to practice doing shoelaces or practice doing buttons I mean the children love it um, so when, you know, the time comes that actually you're waiting for them to do it, by that time they've practiced it, so it's much easier. Mm-hmm. So they're not learning for the first time in a stressful environment where it's, oh, come on, you know, we've got to get into the car and, and go to, to school. So that, so there are things that it's, you know, the, there are little, you know, things that, that parents can, caregivers can do just to kind of ease that part of it a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Little bits at a time. I know too, um, I know too, Lynn, um, one of the things that I've seen, um, talking about this freedom within a framework, especially with COVID. And I wonder if you can, and the, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, and Mm -hmm. I hope that you can talk a little bit about this as well, is that, um, there've been some positive as well as negative effects, um based on the freedom that children have had, sometimes too much freedom or too much framework. Um, and, and you know, as this pandemic is, um, there's things that are, you know, lifting, but there are also um, still restrictions and a lot of unknowns. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, what you would recommend, especially with um the schools starting school you know starting up again um in a few weeks and um uh, children being like you said needing that social emotional aspect um to be able to develop holistically and yet some some parents do not have the luxury of um not being able to go to work and and or you know and they have to have their children on a tablet or on, you know, a screen for large periods of the day due to their school Mm. needs or where they are in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, a very big issue, very big issue. And yes, um, whilst there have been some positives in that, you know, research that we've done um, with families have shown that Actually, parents have, have enjoyed having their children around. And, um, you know, when they've been working from home, um, you know, there is a little bit of time saved in commuting sometimes, which can be used, you know, spent with children. And that's mm-hmm. been, you know, quite a positive. And they've discovered things about their children, you know, that which yeah. is, that's, that's a positive. But, there, there you know, we, we are only beginning to see the impact of the pandemic in terms of, you know, we've been so... Um, I think, focused on the physical damage of the pandemic that we've not really started to think about the emotional and social damage of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, um, if you've got a three-year-old, for two-thirds of that child's life, he or she has been used to seeing people in masks yeah. where you haven't been able to see the whole face. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not have had interaction with other children you know, particularly if they don't have siblings. Yeah. Um, They, um, you know, we've had um, cases reported to us of um, children being out on the street with their, you know, parents going shopping, something that's allowed, or going out when it's allowed, you know, running to see one of their friends, because they've seen one of their friends hugging them and being shouted at in the street, which is quite traumatic. Yeah. Um, We've, you know, been hearing about... Um, particularly young children who start screaming when someone, you know, when, when a grandparent or someone comes to hug them because they don't recognise that yeah. person anymore or they, they, they're not used to being touched by someone else other than those in the immediate, you know, home. I mean, th- those, are, those are very important um, sort of issues that will have an impact on a child. We, we are doing a lot of work on this. And in fact, anyone that signs up to our free Montessori network, we, part of our, our current um, series of newsletters, and, and they are also on, on, our, uh, on our archives, mm-hmm. is about what we call school readiness. Mm. And it's exactly about that. It's, a, it's about what can parents do to support um, children who are going to go back to school. And it really is working with them through play, You know, making doing activities. So, trying to think about activities that um, sort of make things less scary. How you have conversations around them. You know, perhaps walk with the child to the to the school or drive mm-hmm. the child to the school mm-hmm. and just show the school, even when it's closed, say this is where you'll be coming and explain things to the child, explain this is how you're going to do things. Um, you know, think think about what it feels like if your child hasn't seen someone, you mm-hmm. know, um, without a mask, if it hasn't seen a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, um, you know, perhaps show a photo of them. You know, and yeah. say this is, you know, you, you know, this is your grandma, this is your grandpa or something, you know, sort of to start kind of getting them used to things. But really just, you know, sort of allowing them to do activities through play that will help them build that kind of social emotional learning is really important. More important almost than it would have been two or three years ago, because it's that resilience, that independence, that confidence that's going to get these um, children through when they have to face um, a school that in some cases may still have a lot of protocols. Yeah. So it may not be the same as it was, you know, in the last time they went or whatever. Um, I know they're lifting a lot of restrictions in some countries, but they're not in all countries and, and some right. restrictions still remain. Yeah. With regards to technology, we, we are not anti-technology. Um, we are saying that, you know, it's about helping children understand that this is a tool. So I think it is incumbent upon parents to become a little bit more uh, savvy about um, technology um, and safety. Um, I I was having a a conversation with a couple of of mothers recently about this. And they said, well, you know, um, my children know how to access things that I don't know how to access. And, And they know how to override the parental controls. Well, then you need to think about strengthening those parental controls, um, and or, or having them there in the first place. Yeah. Um, because it, unfortunately, you know, children can then be exposed to some really, you know, horrible things. I yeah. mean, The internet is a is can be a very positive thing, but sometimes they can be exposed to to very. Um, you know horrible things yeah and things like just make up all pop make sure all pop-ups are sort of disabled mm-hmm. for example
0: yeah
1: um i do you know even i've had this where i've i've opened up my laptop and i've typed in something in google or another search engine and suddenly i'm getting all these pop-ups going whoa you know where where, <laughs> where did that come from and yeah i'm not sure i want that on my screen you know mm-hmm. so i've had to quickly go and check my firewall and stuff like that um so so, you know, it, and it is, you know, it, it is important. Yeah. Um, and and whilst your child, you know, you, you may not have the time to spend with your child constantly. Again, if you give your child activities and allow them just to get on with the activities, you mm-hmm. don't have to be supervising your child 100 percent of the time. And that's why we talked about, that framework as a place of safety. You know, mm-hmm. if your child's got you know their mat or their desk or their place you know where they play and they're given access to some activities children will often go off and you know do these things by themselves because they just they have a curiosity they want to go off and do other things and 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 something that's interactive and they can kind of handle is actually often more interesting than than something that's just being looked at so so there are ways of doing that. I, I
0: think of, as you're talking about this, um, I just can't help but think of um, sometimes when I uh, work with parents or guardians of children, I talk a lot about making um, a framework through um, like a calendar or a timeline yeah. so that children can know what to expect. But it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, plan out every single moment or have it, um, you know, down to a tee. Um, And I and I think about how this fits nicely in what you're talking about, about freedom within a framework so that children Mm. know. And I know um, another thing that I I like love to use is visual timers. Uh, I have a few in my office that they have they show with the color like when the time as the time counts down. So a child knows, Mm. um, you know, if we have this framework that you I'm going to work for an hour and you you get to be on your mat or or in your seat you know yeah. doing school it doesn't mean that you have to do like you said the math for the whole hour but you need to okay. stay in this area so here's the framework yeah. but then you have these five things that you can do as well if you mm-hmm. um you know are finished with your math or what have you
1: yeah well, we, 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 in classrooms, in Montessori classrooms, we give children a mat, and that works really, really well because, A, a child, that's becomes their, their mat. Mm-hmm. It's their space. They feel in control of that space, and that's really good for the child. Um, but also, it can be moved around. So if they're, if they're bored of sitting in one place, they can actually, you know, sort of move the mat somewhere else. But it's their space, and it's contained, and it gives them that sort of safety. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be... Mat, it can be a towel on the floor or something, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be something terribly expensive. But I think it just gives the child its own space control, as you say, it's control of its own space. And you say, you know, and I, and you can say, look, yes, you know, I need to do this. And whilst I'm doing this, you know, you're, you're going to be there and you're, you know, you're going to be working, you know, you're going to be doing yeah. your work because, you know, Maria Montessori talked about, you know, children's play as their work, you mm-hmm. know, so it can be, you know, uh, mom's working or, you know, I'm working and you're going to do your work and this is your work. And and, child, and children like to feel that they're doing something and that they're important. I mean, you know, we have even things like cleaning. Um, uh, one of my nieces, who's now an adult, uh, she went to Montessori school and, you know, I remember her mother telling me she used to love cleaning the same window over and over and over again. And she'd spend hours just... Now, it was great for her because what she was doing, she was learning concentration, she was learning motor skills, you know. So it wasn't about cleaning the window. It was about an activity. Mm -hmm. But she felt really proud that she was doing something, you know, to to, to in the house, you know, Mm -hmm. made her feel grown up. And so there's things like that, that that, you know, can be done without it needing to, you know, that will engross children for a very long time
0: yeah it's not about um it's not it's not about vacuuming having them vacuum or sweep the floor no, and getting no. it perfect it's about their it's about them learning to participate to cooperate to be um, a vital member of your family or your community but also um give them these large right gross motor skills um teaching yeah. them um about yeah. responsibility i mean there's so many benefits so many benefits
1: so so many I, I appreciate and, and, and,
0: one thing I will
1: yeah go sorry please
0: I was just gonna I was just gonna say that when I was a kid I remember my mother having us do many tasks and I'm sure they weren't perfect but I I appreciate that she one thing that she um mm-hmm. always said was why give you something fake when you can learn with the real thing and i think that part That's of it had it. had to do with you know that we lived in a smaller home and uh, we didn't have as many toys um there were more children than toys i think <laughs> but i think i think you know it was a lovely thing to be able to create and have fun Um, But also be learning at the same time, because all children want to be like moms and dads. I know, you know, my children will set up something and pretend they're on a computer if, you know, if I'm working on a computer.
1: Absolutely. So if you give them something real that makes them feel, oh, look, I've achieved this even better. And as you say, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you're not, you know, you're not going to tell them off or scold them if, you know, they haven't got it perfect, but it doesn't matter if they haven't got it perfect. It's the fact that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, And, and they're, and they're, yes, feeling, and it makes them feel valued. They're valued part of that family then.
0: So, you know, I know you mentioned the Montessori um, group network and, I was hoping that um, we could take a quick break from this conversation um, before we finish that you could just tell our listeners um, about the different resources that you have. I know as I was looking around it, um, there's so many. So I'd love for you to give us some highlights um, and share with our listeners um, what's on that network.
1: Yeah, so we do. So for anyone who actually signs up for the network, you get um, a very short newsletter that normally has... um, uh, a sort of um, not a very lengthy but a, a sort of substantial article on a particular theme of the t- of what people are being worried about mm-hmm. I mean, and so we we listen to what parents are saying to us this is my concern at the moment so as I said at the moment it's about school readiness we're actually doing one every week um, around school readiness and different aspects mm. of school readiness um we have um free online courses short courses for uh, parents that um, and it's not all about Montessori We're we're not uh, you know we're not trying to sort of convert everybody to Montessori what we're saying is this is something that's supportive for families so we've had um, courses on you know uh, bringing um, a sibling home from the hospital you know how do you deal with sibling jealousy Um, we've got had courses on um, you know what to do if your child's a fussy eater Mm -hmm. Um, and we've also got activity sheets we've got free um, e-books we have access to webinars so we're we're not doing new webinars until September. We're taking a bit of a break over the summer, but um, there is an archive of webinars that anyone can just download and listen to. Um, we'll be doing a podcast as well, which is very parent-focused. Um, uh, that'll be that'll be in in later next year. Wonderful. Um, so there's a whole range of things, and obviously, and we also um, then have um, we'll be introducing. Um, other sort of um, sort of support things that we will be thinking of so for example um, discount codes for certain things in the future mm-hmm. as well uh, which will be global so you can buy online so if you particularly want to um, uh, sort of buy a particular book or something we might be able to have some discount codes or things like that so so we're looking at a whole rate we're going to expand it even more but there's already a huge amount there and we designed it particularly with um, families in mind and actually by listening to families and saying to parents what is it that you need from us what is it that we can do to help and obviously during the pandemic we've been doing a lot around the pandemic and you know how do you work from home if you've got your children there and mm-hmm. stuff like that so
0: A fantastic resource. And if anybody's interested, there will be a link in the show notes below to this web address. But um, just so you can hear it, um, it's uk backslash network backslash. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Okay.
0: And that, that link is in, again, is in the show notes. So many resources, you know, I I was blown away. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is so yeah. great!" And it, and again, like you said, it's not just for people that have their children enrolled in Montessori school or thinking about that. They're they're helpful resources for any parent, especially understanding um, a child's ch- development in their brain, in their body, um, how to give them that um, freedom within a you know within a framework. Yeah. And you know, I. I just want to, I just want to say for all of our listeners um, that when your podcast comes out, they should sign up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And, What's it going to be called? That, um, we haven't decided. Okay. we haven't decided yet, but uh, we will let you know. Um, but the other thing I just want to stress is all the activities that we have in our activity sheets. We have designed them specifically that it can be done by anyone, mm. regardless of where they live. You know, so you don't, you know, if, for example, some of the stuff we have around outdoor activities, um, we understand that not everybody has access to the outdoors. So it's about how do you bring the outdoors inside? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've we really been very mindful that, you know, not everyone's on the same economic level. Not everybody's got the same um, access to things that... Um, some of us have more access to and and we wanted to design activities that could be done by anybody regardless of who they were or where they lived or what their economic background was. That's great. So Lenore,
0: now that people know how to find out more about you and about your resources, I wonder if you could just share, you know, before they get to that website, um, maybe something that you would encourage parents um, to help children to process um the thought of um going back to school like you mentioned you've been doing a lot of work on um and what can parents do to help children um integrate and and maybe even mitigate any of the negative effects because i know there have been some um especially like you mentioned earlier on social emotional Mm -hmm. development um as a result of this crisis and how can they, how can parents like one or two ways that they can um, begin to intentionally help their child um, as they prepare to go back to school?
1: Okay. Well, let me, let me give you kind of three, three tips as it were for, for the listeners. I would say that the first tip is talk to your child and it's okay to acknowledge that this is a scary time. Mm. And it's OK to acknowledge that actually sometimes it can be scary for adults too. Yeah. Um, because I think that validating those feelings that children may have of feeling fearful is important. That it's OK to feel afraid. It's OK to feel anxious. Um, you know, there's the, that's, that's normal. Um, and and you know that you're there to help them with those feelings, but not to sort of don't tell them, oh, you're being silly, or oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important to validate the, those feelings and acknowledge and talk about them openly, so that that you know the child can can feel confident about coming to the parent
0: mm-hmm.
1: and talking about those feelings.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the 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 second tip I would do is try and think about um, how can you get your child to mix more socially. Obviously, you know, in some places there's still restrictions, but even within the restrictions, think about how can you sort of start to build up those social connections. Um, You know, and it may be just take a walk with your child and, you know, say hello to to the neighbor or something so that child begins to to see that it's okay to interact socially with others Mm -hmm. so I think that's important and and the third thing is um yes try try and sort of um get your child um doing things that it would sort of into a routine that it would have when it goes to school so as I sort of talked about before you know do some do some sort of games around you know doing your shoelaces up putting your coat on mm-hmm. getting yourself dressed washing your hands so even before the child goes to school it's already got a sense of you know, when I go to school, this will be my routine. This is what I will do. And this is something I can do. Look, I can, you know, um, put my coat on and take my coat off by myself. I can hang it up. I can, you know, do my my shoes up. I can go and wash my hands. So I know how to pack my bag. You know, things that, that, that a child then, you know, feels... A sense of confidence they're not going it's not everything isn't new so you just it doesn't have to be you know sort of make it a, a sort of an onerous thing but just a fun thing you know every day a little bit just to get that child confident about i have i understand what the routine will be when i go back to school
0: yeah that's so helpful i know i have um mm. little ones that are going back to school and last year we were fortunate um and we able to go um back h- half day Um, Even with the restrictions. And I will say that helping them develop a routine where they got their their backpack ready in the evening helped reduce anxiety so much. Just because, you know, there yeah. were so many restrictions of you have to sit three feet apart and you have to bring your own certain things each day, um, you know, because nobody, it wasn't like you could share with your neighbor um, because of um, all of the restrictions. And and even in that, um, in helping them in that routine, I, I saw a lot of reduced anxiety where if we forgot, it was like frantic in the morning. <laughs>
1: Mom, did you do this? Did you do this? <laughs> yeah so yeah but it gives it gives them a, an element of control mm-hmm. over a situation where none of us have had control right. over so long so I think it's that's important that and again it's that sort of sense of you know I I have a framework you know I have this is my I understand what this is and I'm in control of that mm-hmm. you know what happens within that it just you know builds confidence makes it less scary yeah it does um, so I'm
0: curious if there is, um, as we are kind of wrapping up this mm-hmm. podcast, I, um, I know that you have, um, you have a lo- your fingers in a lot of work around the world. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, what is, what are you passionate about right now? And, um, you know, what are ways that, again, social, emotionally, we can, um, develop Empath- empathic responses for children who are all over the world, um, and in teaching things, uh, our children things that are going on and how um, how ch- other children are responding to this um, global pandemic, and also ways in which that they can support children their own age.
1: Yeah, well, we do. We we are we are working. We work in seventy countries around the world. Um, what I'm very passionate about. I think now more than ever is about giving children an opportunity to learn. Um, uh, you know, the, and that sounds very glib, and you think, well, of course, doesn't every child. No, every child doesn't. There are millions of children who don't have access to schools mm-hmm. or education or aren't in um, a situation where their parents can support them right. with their learning either. Um, and so I think it's really important, really, really important. I'm, I'm the first woman in my family to have a career, and it's because of education. Mm. You know, I am a living example of what education does. My family were a family of refugees. Mm. You know, we had nothing. Um, and the fact that I am where I am is really down to the fact that the one thing my parents were able to do one thing my family were able to do was create a situation for us where i and my cousins had education mm. so i'm very passionate about that I'm, that's what drives me the whole time i think it's important that children who are in a fortunate situation or are in a more fortunate situation than others i think it's important that we teach those children um that we're part of a big world
0: mm-hmm.
1: And we cannot shut ourselves off yeah. as much. And the, pande- the pandemic has taught us that, yeah. if nothing else. It's, ta- you know, it's <laughs> taught us that you you can't, you know, just go, oh, OK, well, because I live here and it's, a, you know, one of the G7 countries, mm-hmm. it's not going to affect me. You know, it's affected all of us. So I think... Um, Thinking about activities, and we have some of these on our network, thinking about activities with your child that helps them understand that they're part of a bigger world. And sometimes that can be as simple as um, giving your child something to grow mm. in a pot or in the garden. Because then what the child sort of starts to, be, to understand that there is a world that's bigger than itself mm-hmm. or its own environment. Um, you know, with older children, there are activities that can be done about, you know, sort of solidarity with other organisations, mm-hmm. you know, charitable work, philanthropic work. Um, but I think it starts with that empathy is, you know, if you if you give a child a sense of actually, you know, there's something outside of itself. Mm mm-hmm um there's a big world out there and that can be done through simple you know if you've got a pet i mean having pets is great you Mm -hmm. know um that's why most montessori classrooms have a a a pet because again it's sort of you you the child's having to think about it's it's having to learn you know it has to it has to develop its empathetic skills Mm -hmm. if you've got a pet you know you've got to think about the pet you've got to look after it and you've got a pet Encourage your child to, to sort of take care of it as well with you, you know. Um, you know, if it's... Uh, I mean, I, I noticed this with my... Well, I noticed it with my nephews and nieces, but now with my... Um, uh, great nephews and nieces are very very small because you know um they love just you know if they come into the house and we say do you want to feed the dog you know and put the bowl down now they you know they're three and four they do tend to spill most of it on the floor and <laughs> it doesn't matter the dogs still eat it mm-hmm. you know but they just it just uh, you know it sort of makes them think about something else so so i think there there are it's really we can start with small things but it's really important that we start to help children understand that yes the world is a big place and you know in Montessori's time they talked about it as cosmic education Hmm. because that was the language of the day Mm -hmm. we talk more about respect um and and respect for the world respect for others respect for yourself um so I think it's important that we do teach our children those skills um because, yeah, as, as we've seen quite, you know, in the last couple of years, we, as much as, as we'd like to think that we live in bubbles, we don't really.
0: It's true. Um,
1: we, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, so. this has been such a helpful and enlightening conversation. And I am so thankful that we got to have this conversation. And to all of the listeners, please, please make sure that you check out um, Leonore's Montessori Group Network. The link is in the show notes below, as well as um, a link for an article on a longitudinal study on um, preschool, Montesori, Montessori preschool, and um, how it can elevate and equalize child outcomes through its work. Uh-huh. Um, and if you found this podcast helpful, this conversation useful, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and join me the next time on the parent matters podcast because parenting is tough and uh, we encourage you not to parent alone please remember the topics discussed in this podcast should be considered a matter of personal opinion they do not reflect professional advice if you or your child is in need of mental health counseling support please search out a licensed counselor in your area